Hi, everybody. Welcome to Good Life You, Episode 1. Uh, this is a new series. I'm super excited about it. It's an awesome, terrible series is what I kind of say because, you know, it's about something that's, that's terribly important and, it's, and it is terrible, and that's our workforce crisis. Um, uh, but what's awesome about it is, is tackling it. We've had this workforce crisis in developmental disability industry for a few decades, if not more. And, you know, the more we talk about it, the, the worse it gets. And, and, you know, for years and years and years, the crisis has ebbed and flowed around funding, for sure. But also it's ebbed and flowed around things like uh, the economy. And when the economy was, you know, bad, you know, we had actually better, uh, better workforce because, you know, as unemployment went up, our, you know, pool of people uh, went up too. So, you know, that was, a, that was good. But what makes this so unusual of a time is everything that we thought would play a role into providing us people to work just hasn't worked. Uh, the reality is we're facing unemployment right now of 10 plus percent. Yet our, our population of people who are working is probably at its lowest. Uh, you know, we went through a year of COVID and that was a very challenging year. And I'm not going to go back through that. I saw a thing on Facebook that, that uh, you know, if 2020 was bad, 2021 is now of drinking age and it's much worse. So so it's going to be a, a, an interesting series. This is called Good Life You, and we're really going to dive in and explore the issues of, of, uh, of labor and how we can improve that. And, and I'm not going to overly dwell on all the problems because we kind of know that, but I will explore very specific ones in the next episode because it's necessary specifically to understand you know, how we can fix it, uh, some parts of it. But today I'm kind of going to give you a big, big picture. And, you know, we've heard this before, but, you know, nationally, the uh, turnover rate is in excess of 50%, right? And uh, the, uh, in addition to that, uh, the vacancy rate is about 18 or so percent. So about 18% of the positions that we have are vacant. Probably the most disturbing part of it is about... 31% of the positions are not full-time. They are part-time positions. So when you're looking at a professional workforce, a national average of 69% full-time, 31% part-time, it's hard to make a case that 31% part-time positions is where we want to be as a country trying to make a professional you know, approach for care. And, and, and I can tell you lots of reasons why, but, but one of the biggest is that um, in care, the number of different people involved in care is the most important number to keep your eye on. And what really brought a lot of attention about that is, is COVID. I mean, before we were talking about turnover, and then when COVID hit, everybody just started to stop talking about turnover, and they, and they started talking about how do you reduce the number of different people involved in care? So, the, you know, COVID taught us that the most important thing was the number of different people involved in care. And, and, and the reality is that nothing produces more people 
involved in care than a high percentage of part-time people when you could have full-time people. And so when you see 31% part-time people, that sounds awful, but, but here's the other truth we learned in COVID. That 31% part-time people was all services included, which included classical day services for those providers that understand what I'm saying. Classical day services are Monday through Friday, nine to five. And so you've got these full-time positions there. Residential services were morning, evening, weekend. So when COVID came along and closed all the day services, we weren't really looking at 31% part-time positions anymore. We're looking at 50% because all the Monday through Friday positions were in day services, right? And so it pivoted. And then everybody started talking about, well, wow, you know, what are we going to do? I mean, all the different people involved in the care. And so they started experimenting with different strategies. You heard people, you know, doing some things that we've been doing for a long time, which is, you know, longer work days, fewer days of the week, and a variety of other things. And we'll talk about all of that. But the point is we recognize in a heartbeat that we turn from turnover to number of different people involved in care as the single most important thing. And that was a blessing. If there's one blessing of COVID, it's that one. It's like, okay, what causes more people involved in care? Well, you know, we talked about this in different episodes, but, you know, turnover, number one, right? Uh, part, number of part-time positions is another one. Your call-off strategies, how you replace labor when somebody's gone, training, everything we do impacts the number of different of people involved in care. And, and so to work on just turnover was a bad idea. You know, you got to work on all of those things. You got to figure out how do I deliver full-time care? How do I hire professional people that are going to be able to work 20, you know, a, a real full-time job? How do you deliver schedules in a way, you know, that makes all of that work? How do you do replacement strategies when somebody calls in in the morning, how do you have a replacement strategy lined up so you reduce the number of different people involved in care? You know, how do you deal with issues of high call-offs? How do you deal with those kinds of vacant, I call it vacancy management. How do you hire people in a way that minimizes that? I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not a thousand things, but it's, it's not one. It's not turnover. It's multiple, multiple things. So the point I'm making is the you know, Good Life U is going to be exploring all of those labor issues that can make a difference in the number of different people involved in care. And I'm going to tell you a little sneak preview of this because there's really about four or five things that really do it. Look at this as a portfolio. You know, Certainly the scheduling systems of how you do it are really important. Truth is, classical day services are the biggest problem that we face because that rips a hole in the schedule Monday through Friday, nine to five, right out of the system. And nobody really wants that model anyway. What they, what they want is an inclusive life and that doesn't start at nine and end at five. It doesn't start Monday and end at Friday. It's, it's, it's all of it. So having a bifurcation of residential and day is probably the first thing that you need to reconsider and that could take time. And we have workarounds with that. But at the end of the day, you want to change how you, how you approach and deliver services. You've got to change 
you know, that, that, that bifurcation of services. You don't choose day and residential. You choose a life and you live a life. And that doesn't happen like that. So that's number one. And you got to think about that. The other thing is shared living uh, is an, an approach of care that where you join the lives of other people. And it's not the only option of care. But, you know, in good life, we have less than 1% turnover in, in shared living. And we'll get to that. Uh, but it's also join in a life where you can actually lead that life as it organically is delivered. So it's one person living with a family or sharing a family together. There's different models of it, but however you get there, it, it's a different way where you're not really paying for hours, you're paying for hours delivered, and that ebbs and flows across time. Uh, and, and, and it's a wonderful life. It takes one shared living family would be replaced by about seven staff. So when you think of the big picture, that's, that plays a role day services, shared living. The next thing is you can't be thinking about individual homes. Now, look, we all love and we all support individualized services, but as homes are getting smaller and smaller and smaller, if you only staff around that individual and their individual needs, the ebbs and flows, you've got a fractionalized schedule from day one. And how does that really benefit the person that wants to live an individualized life? In my opinion, having a fragmented schedule with multiple people involved in care with constant turnover and constant openings doesn't get you what you want. So yes, we want individualized services, but you don't want fractionalized care either. So that's where you're going to hear a lot about neighborhood services. You know, delivering services is a function of a neighborhood, and we're going to go through all of that. You know, and within neighborhood services, you have kind of live near, live by, live with models combined with shift type living that collectively delivers incredibly low turnover, high quality care where people are working full time, by the way, but they're delivering individualized lifestyles, right? And then, of course, you're going to have to embrace technology. I mean, the technology allows us to shape and deliver services both remotely and then help people know where they need to be so they can be where they are needed, when they're needed, and ebb and flow in a way that life actually organically unfolds. So as we look through Good Life U, together we're going to try to solve or make a big dent in, in the instability of how services are delivered. It requires some things that are low-hanging fruit that you can do, and it requires change as, as we try to help people across the country. And, you know, after you work with 30 or 40 agencies, you pick up a few tools from their toolbox as well. And some of those people are amazing people. I'm going to bring them in, and we're going to have them involved with us to talk about some of the little parts of this. But at the end of the day, my hope is that we can impart some ideas and strategies and other arrows in your quiver so that you can make a meaningful difference in the lives of people that you support by making a meaningful difference in the lives of those who make that possible, which is the direct support workforce. So get ready. 
We're excited about our episodes and we welcome you all to just sort of join with us and follow us. This vlog is a podcast too, and you can actually download it wherever you get podcasts because it'll be there. And don't forget to subscribe and hit like uh, as you do that so that we can build our following because uh, we need it not for just us, but for getting information back to you and sharing. It's all about collaborating and it's going to start in this series and we're looking forward to it. <laughs>